This is episode number 16 of the Bearded Marketers podcast. I'm Rob. And I'm Corey. This is a weekly podcast. We're dropping new apps every Monday. Again, you can find us on iTunes or thebeardedmarketers.com. We talk about the issues in internet marketing, the latest trends, news, anything that's going on in the industry. Tonight, we got a good lineup of topics, but as always, for all the new listeners, if you don't know, we like to talk about what we're drinking to get loose for the show. All right, tonight, I am actually taking a page from your book and drinking a Presbyterian. It's Ooh. quite tasty. Yeah, those Anyone's are not great. tried it, two part rye whiskey, one part uh, lemon or lime juice. I'm actually drinking it with lime tonight, which is delicious. Uh, one part simple syrup and top it off real nice with some ginger beer. If you're going to use ginger beer, Gosling's is the key. Got to use that. What about you, Rob? That's a very specific recipe. I just wanted to point that out. Um, I'm drinking a dark and stormy again. I think I did that a couple episodes back. Uh-huh. Recipe's pretty straightforward. Dump some dark rum in there. <laughs> throw some ginger beer in there. Splash of lime juice. I don't Do know. Do you make a taste. pirate noise when you drop the rum in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or I mumble Be to dark myself. and stormy. I've <laughs> <had> so many. <laughs> All right. So episode number 16. We're going to be talking about some pretty interesting topics, I think, anyways. So we're actually going to be concluding our six-week series on principles of persuasion. Tonight, we're going to be wrapping up with scarcity. We're also trying to get a little forward thinking. And so how are we going to be planning marketing for the holidays? Are you doing it? Or is that farthest from your mind? You're just still, still thinking slip and slide, pool time, beach, it's summertime. Well, you can't be thinking like that. we got to start prepping for these holidays. Yeah, we're also going to be talking about location services for mobile phones. Also, maybe even on websites, are you taking Mm -hmm. advantage of some of the interesting new features and tech you could be taking advantage of? We're going to wrap up talking about Back back to Basics. Uh, This is a series I started way back in the day. Mm -hmm. We're going to to bring it back. We're going to talk about SEO tonight. I Ah, feel like there's still a lot of people in the industry who don't have much in the know of like basics. What are the basics for SEO? So we're going to cover those. All right. Sounds good. Before we get started, as always, if you got any topics you'd like us to talk about, whether you're struggling with it, you want to talk about it with us, maybe you want to be a guest on the show, give us a call, 904-270-9603, or drop us a comment, thebeardedmarketers.com, and uh, we'll put it in our content schedule and we'll get it uh, talking about in an upcoming episode. So to start things off, principle number six, scarcity. So if you're new to the show, we've been covering for six weeks now principles of persuasion. And in particular, we have been looking at the principles that uh, a gentleman named Cialdini outlines in some of his works, which if you're not familiar with him, great author and mine in the marketing field. Um, The reason why we chose him was, number one, he has some great stuff, but also As we've kind of talked about in other shows, we feel like sometimes with digital marketers, they have a tendency to not really go back in time and look at what materials have been developed for marketing, persuasion, psychology of the sale that have been written in yesteryears, you know, things on paperback and, you know, you might find in a real library Um, because perhaps we think that, you know, those things are old and busted and they don't really relevant nowadays you know, because we shop with a mouse and a keyboard, things of that nature. But, you know, honestly, while the things that we are buying might be a tad different or the methods that we use, the reasons why really haven't changed all that much, um, less so than you would actually think. So there are some great gems to be had out there and some great information that sometimes gets passed by by us digital marketers, unfortunately. Cialdini is a great example. So if you haven't checked out his works, 
do it this week. That's your homework assignment. But tonight, we're going to be talking about scarcity. So really what Cialdini talks about when we're talking about scarcity is really he defines it as the perception of products seeming to be more attractive when their availability is perceived to be rather limited. You know, so for example, our behavior is such that we are more likely to kind of purchase something if we are informed that it's very last one or a special deal that's going to soon expire. You know, and sometimes I think if you do some self-reflection, you'll find that you have succumbed to that before. You know, maybe I was kind of on the fence with something or I might not even have needed it. But that messaging of the last one or even just visually seeing that it's the last one in the store, uh, I'll go ahead and take it. You know, I might not. I don't know when the next one's going to be available. Um, I might can come up with a use of this, you know, out of thin air when I'm looking at this and seeing the scarcity before my eyes. But, you know, as marketers, how do we use scarcity? What are kind of some of the good examples that we see? Well, I, I think this actually reminds me of back in the day. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but a lot of the ClickBank products, which sold all this sort of informational diet, lose weight, make money online stuff, they always had a timer, a countdown, mm-hmm. you know, three minutes left to order. Right. Or we only have three copies left. And, you know, you think about it, that makes no sense. It's an ebook. I mean, you have as many <laughs> copies as you want. But, man, that stuff worked. They all had it. It really, you know, helped increase conversions. And for a while there, you did see it on a lot of other product pages. But that sort of incentive-type scarcity stuff doesn't really hasn't really kept on in, in the past few years, I feel like. I don't see it anymore. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, one of the companies that I work with sells sports apparel, And we're one of the larger providers of it. And I'm just thinking, you know, great usage of that might even be going back to timers. You know, we sell championship stuff. So when a team wins, you know, the NBA finals or whatever it might be, we get a lot of people sometimes that come in, add things to their cart uh, and interact with our store quite a bit, but they don't necessarily purchase. And I wonder if adding something like we're going to only hold your order for 10 minutes will actually help conversions because it's kind of putting some pressure on them to maybe stop them from competitively shopping or second, you know, it sounds kind of deceptive, but, you know, keep people from second guessing their purchase and pushing them through conversion. That might be a great usage of that. Well, it, it reminds me too of what Amazon does sort of now, which is that, you know, if you want it to be shipped today, order within the next X hours or whatever right. it is. And it's a genuine time. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're at that last, you know, you got 30 minutes left and you really wanted it tomorrow, you know, it's definitely going to help you with that sale. Right. And it's actually something we're going to talk about in our next segment. But mm-hmm. I think that that's actually a pretty good example of a legitimate use for that that mm-hmm. most people could take advantage of. Yeah. I mean, Amazon uses it in other ways, too, like with items in stock. You know, yeah. and I think sometimes they might hurt themselves with saying more on the way. I wonder if I mean, I'm sure they've done testing on it, but leaving that off of and having that question mark in consumers' minds, I don't know if there's any more on the way. You know, what what would that do to conversion? So, you know, I think that a lot of us could use scarcity in different ways. You know, I know that some companies, if you're in the B2B space or lead gen, you know, some companies put caps on their things like webinars or white paper downloads, like only 500 available or only 150 attendees. And I think scarcity could be used in a lot of different areas, not just e-commerce, but in a lot of other areas, because not only does it put the onus 
of acting fast, but I, I also think it somewhat implies that other people are using it. You know, if there's a cap, if there's a limit, if there's only X left, there's almost kind of this social reinforcement that other people right. are buying and using this item. So it not just adds the urgency of the sale, but it almost kind of puts this thought in the back of our mind that other people are using this too. I need to kind of jump on board. Well, I wonder if there's a sort of almost implied scarcity that you could have too by having a sort of scheduled launch date or, you know, for example, with the iPhones, you know, every year there's a launch date where you can go online and immediately order. And there's sort of an implied scarcity there because there's a date, everyone's talking about it, you, you know, you got to get it. And even though, set my calendar. Right. Even though there's probably plenty, mm-hmm. which actually may not may or not be, be the case. I don't know. I'm not usually one of the first people to get in there and Depends do that. Depends on how many uh, foreign workers they can get to spend <laughs> on 36-hour shifts straight <laughs> right. to make phones right. how many us. How many shipments? Mm-hmm. I mean... It, there definitely is, though, an implied scarcity. There's that implication that if I'm not I- I- in there in the first two minutes right. to spend all the money I have... My on friends that, are going to have it. I'm not going to yeah, have it. on that new iPhone. I'm going to have to wait two months, mm-hmm. and I'm never going to get it. I'm not going to be cool. I'm not an iPhone user, by the way. Android, come on. <laughs> iPhone is definitely better. <laughs> anyway, so scarcity. Think about how you could use that this week. Again, I think there's a lot of applications, and some people are very dismissive of it. One, that it seems kind of sketchy or, well, I don't really work in e-commerce. That doesn't really pertain to us. But it really can, whether that is limiting how many downloads you give away, you know, how many uh, projects you take on in a given time. I mean, there's a lot of applications of scarcity and kind of what it implies. So think about how you can use and test that um, this week. Yeah, we're in the middle of July right now. It's very hot here. Yeah, we live in Florida. It's, it's oh cool outside, I would say. It's only mid eighties, something like that. But you know, you know what time it is? It's time to I'm 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 missing listening to that holiday music when I walk into Walmart, yeah. which I hate doing. But you know, and in, into any mall. Boost. Yeah, I love I love that little jingle of holiday music. Uh-huh. The smell of Christmas trees in the air. And it's only right around the corner. So well, for you, because Rob starts celebrating in September. <laughs> I've already been up. playing Christmas music songs. <laughs> Anyway, so I guess what we, what I want to talk about now is, you know, how are you preparing for the Christmas holiday season? It's huge online. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the summer for most online retailers is slow in some way, at least compared to everything else. And I think a lot of people take this time just in general to sort of, you know, go on vacation, really sort of slack off with all their marketing campaigns. I think now, though, is the time to really make sure that your holiday season marketing plans and campaigns are on lockdown and ready to go. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a benefit there, not just because you have a lot of time to think about it, but it allows you to be flexible when that time comes up. I mean, when you've already had a plan in place, I mean, fires are going to come up. Fires come up for both of us on a regular basis, and it only gets compounded during the holiday season. So having somewhat of a plan, getting, you know, cooking now only allows you to kind of be flexible then. But also you get a lot of time to stew over things as well and come up with some great ideas. Well, I think, you know, every year I run a few sites that deal with Black Friday deals and mm-hmm. Cyber Monday stuff. And, you know, obviously that stuff is huge online. But what inevitably happens every year is we wait too long mm-hmm. and we're in the last two months left and everyone's trying to use our site. And it's not we just don't have the features built in we need and we're playing, trying to play catch up. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's what most online retailers do. So I wanted to talk about maybe some of the things you should be doing now, some of the things you need to even be paying attention to. I feel like most people don't really have a good plan. It's just sort of, we'll send an email out. We'll have a sale like free shipping or something like that. So we'll just copy what we did last year. 
Right, which is probably wait, waited to the last minute. <laughs> right, <laughs> did, did just not in a cycle. We put a we put a snow falling mm-hmm. animated GIF at the top of our website, and that's right. all we did. <laughs> so here's a few things, and and these are some of the things maybe that I've run into too in the past, or things that uh, I've I've tried to help people fix in the past because they've waited too long. So coupons and promotions, planning those things out, writing the actual copy for those emails you're going to be sending out to your blast lists. Mm-hmm. Um, what are, what are your AdWords campaign ads going to actually read? They're, they should be reading differently in the holiday season. I mean, you have to be prepared for your competitors having different wording as well. Are you going to be including talks about any sales you're going to be running in your AdWord ads? I mean, write those things ahead of time. I wouldn't put them in your account, but have those things ready to go. Have those banner ads designed. Um, have those mailers already written. Have those campaigns ready to go. Now's the best time to have all that stuff ready to go. Mm-hmm. Another thing, keywords to include in all your ad campaigns I mean, you need to be talking about things like Christmas gifts. I mean, those are definitely keywords, modifications of all the keywords you already have in there that include those holiday-type terms. Those are huge things uh, during the holiday times that I think a lot of people miss out on, mm-hmm. and that's a huge source of traffic. <clears throat> Absolutely. I mean, from a holiday standpoint, what I like to do is play in enough ahead of time to where I can also do some panel testing during the holidays as well. So... I think a lot of time, what a lot of people miss out on, not having stuff planned out enough ahead of time, like you're talking about with ads, copies, sales, is there's such a scramble they don't get an opportunity to run their ideas by either customers or panels of users to kind of understand what is going to work well for them and what is going to excite people enough. You know, they they're kind of such in a hurry that they just throw stuff up, and hopefully one works. But we have such a workload during the holidays that we don't get enough time for that. So I also recommend for people to have this stuff ahead of time and plan doing some panel testing, you know, form a, you know, customer advisory panel with some of your top customers and get them prepped for the holidays so you can kind of run a couple of the campaigns by them and kind of get some feedback from real customers and do it with enough lead time to where you, again, aren't necessarily scrambling. I mean, from some testing that I've done, As it relates to holidays, some of the things that we've learned has really been guides to gift giving can really help people. So a lot of times, especially when you get closer to crunch time, if you can kind of help people more efficiently use your site and arrive at some ideas, that has worked really well for us on a number of sites that I've worked on. Also, depending on how good you are at shipping, what I've noticed is typically especially in the christmas season about a week and a half out stuff starts slowing down quite a bit and i think a lot of that is due to people actually can actually go a little bit longer than that maybe two two and a half weeks but a lot of people assume unless you're amazon or someone of that nature that shipping is going to take a while and so there's a a big risk that people start attributing to purchases that they're going to make So if you have the wherewithal and you have the contracts and the relationships in place where you can do pretty late shipping, uh, make sure that you're actually communicating that to people and don't necessarily rely on them getting to cart and seeing your ship times. Uh, Because a lot of people assume you're like every other mom and pa store out there and takes maybe sometimes two weeks or more to kind of ship out. You know, you got to take the long walk to the warehouse, kick around some boxes, find some stuff. Um, But if you have the ability to ship quickly, make sure that you're actually communicating that. And I think you can recover a lot of sales that that people might not be willing to, 
to place that late. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a necessity at this point in time. I remember last year, that was a huge thing that I was looking for on every site. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, even on the product page itself, it had on there, it said, you know, will arrive by Christmas Eve with standard shipping Mm -hmm. if ordered today. And that's huge. Um, People need that sort of stuff because like you said, so many online retailers have um, estimated windows that are few days, maybe even right. a week spread mm-hmm. out. And that is not the kind of thing that I need right. when I need something by a certain date. I need to know. And and I'm not a big fan of modal boxes, but it might be a good time to actually have a modal box event when people arrive at your site to kind of remind them that they are within the ship window and to kind of rest easy, any concerns they have in their mind and kind of start the visit off right. Yeah. And one more last thing on this sort of segment is I wanted to talk about a little bit about infrastructure and having the IT resources to make mm. sure your site doesn't go down on Blue Cyber testing. Monday, Black Friday, you know, the couple weeks out from Christmas. I mean, I have, I've had it happen on sites that I've been running. It's a really sucky situation when you're in that last 12 hours and traffic is monstrous and your site just goes down. So make sure you have the IT resources ready to spin up the new servers. Make sure they're all on on hand, really, too, and on call to make sure that stuff doesn't go down. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are kind of intimidated by that. And an easy way to do that, maybe you don't have a business that necessarily has a full IT department, but talk to your hosting company ahead of time estimate like worst case scenario if our traffic spins up to this level make you know maybe our marketing campaigns are bang on point we are just getting loads of people in or you know by some off chance we get featured in a, a, a news show or something like that and traffic just blows up talk to your hosting company now get some scenarios built maybe even do some load testing yeah. of simulating visitors coming up and making sure that infrastructure's in place the point is to get your ducks in a row so you can think about other things during the holiday season because you have to be fluid and dynamic we're talking about a lot of planning but a lot of things change over the holidays and as long as you have all these other things taken care of you can actually focus and be flexible on these other items so Sometimes planning allows us to be more flexible. So keep that in mind. All right. So moving on, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight, because I think a lot of companies just don't really use it very well, and it's not as intimidating as it sounds, is location services. So this is going to be related to mobile applications and mobile website usage. But I see very few businesses actually leveraging location services to create a better experience. So to give you some practical examples, there was a marketing campaign that I was reading about in a a shoe company in Latin America. And what they had done was, I thought this was pretty ingenious, actually. They had, they have a mobile app, what they had campaigned up, and the the name of the company, if you guys want to look it up, is Pack. So they sell shoes. So they have this mobile app that people have installed. And what they did with their campaign was they essentially created location bounds on their competitors' stores. So they are brick-and-mortar company. They also have an online store, brick-and-mortar that sells shoes. They obviously have competitors in that space. So in their mobile app, they created rules for where their competitor stores are located. And once a person crossed that threshold that had their app installed, they would push a notification to the user saying that there is a flash sale at MediPack. And for every minute that goes by, starting now, 1% off will come off of this 99% off sale. So... 
if one minute goes by, your next pair of shoes are going to be 98% off, 97 the next right. minute. Wow. Um, and they actually saw a huge result of people coming into their store and taking advantage of the campaign. Now, the thing is, you know, by the time that they had gotten to the store, it wasn't necessarily 99%, but, you know, maybe it was like 10% off. But they used location services in a really ingenious way to grab customers away from competitors, but also to kind of get people talking about their campaign as well. I mean, it's a very ingenious way to really use location services to meet a need that they had in particular, but has a lot of crossover as well. Yeah, I wonder what kinds of things could be done on websites with similar services like that. I I wonder, though, you know, now obviously seems like a good time. There aren't many people taking advantage of this. Mm -hmm. What happens, though, when what was the name of it? Meaty something? It's like a weird name. What Meaty happens? Pack. What, okay, so what happens when their competitors do something similar? <laughs> do the so, same thing. So then you run to Meaty Pack, then you get a coupon to go back to the other one, and then you go back and forth. I mean, so then what happens, mm-hmm. you know, sort of when some of this stuff gets played out? How does it right. get played out? Well, I mean, that's, I think that's really going to be par for the course in really any marketing thing, right. though, is, you know, there starts to be a marketing war. You know, I think a good example was it wasn't coupons off, but I know BMW and Audi had a pretty famous marketing oh, yeah. war where I don't know if many people are into cars as Rob and I, but multiple cities, Audi and BMW would have billboard competitions against each other where they would have very snarky comments and each one would buy billboards really close to one another, whether it be in front or back of and actually have a message about the billboard that was, you know, related to the service. So I think really in anything that you do in marketing, there is the threat of what competitors are going to do in reaction to, but it's about being first to market and grabbing those people. So, and we also assume that competitors have the wherewithal to copy us. With MediPack, the case just might be they are willing to invest in the IT resources and are flexible enough as a company to be able to engage in that, whereas these other competitors, one, don't even know where to start, but two, you know, they're too intimidated by that kind of technology to even take it on. I think sometimes we give our competitors too much credit and what they're willing to take on. And so what if they do it? We'll just do it better. You know, I I think that shouldn't necessarily stop us. But you do bring up a good point. It can get beaten to death. And so you need to be mindful of if your consumers are kind of facing that situation, you don't want to keep berating them and being a a cause to the problem, so to say. Yeah. But, you know, another example that I was thinking of recently, I was... uh, if you're new with us, Rob has a really hilarious <laughs> story in one of our old episodes about how much he loves Home Depot and their shipping process. But I was in Home Depot buying, oh yeah, our, my toilet was leaking, so I had to buy some new hardware. Fixing toilets, ridiculous. You can pay people to do that. I don't know if you know <laughs> so, that. So looked up a part on Home Depot at my house before I went to the store. I forgot something, so I actually pulled up the Home Depot site on my phone while I was in the store. Not only did the store or the website know exactly what store I was in without me having to select a store, uh, it actually just prompted me, is this where you're at in the store, which was pretty cool. Then when I did a search and took me to the products page, it told me the exact aisle in the store to go and find the item, which I thought was awesome. So I think there's a lot of usage for location services. I think a lot of people are intimidated with the technology, like that must take a Brainiac NSA 
computer to be able to <laughs> output the code that can do that on my website. It's really not that difficult. There's a lot of APIs out there that you can rely on to give you that kind of functionality. It is a little bit more intensive. I'm not going to lie. It, it is a step above a normal you know, website feature, but that can really help create an experience that's unique to your brand, but also give your customers the best experience possible. It's worth investing in. Think about how you can leverage location services, not only for customer experience, things like Home Depot, but intuitive and ingenious campaigns like MediPack had as well with their uh, their 99% off sale. Yeah, so just just a little aside, uh, we were talking about Home Depot and, and sort of maps inside the store. Google Maps has actually been doing this in certain mm-hmm. locations, malls, Home Depots. I don't know if our web savvy listeners are aware of this, but you can actually pull up some local Home Depots and like mm-hmm. actually roll through the aisles right. and like the aisles are labeled in Google Maps. It's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're running tight on time. I, you know, I didn't want to spend too much time on this anyway. SEO is pretty straightforward. So this is a back to basics <laughs> series. We're talking about SEO today. Okay. We're talking about what actually are we meaning when we say SEO? Mm-hmm. What are some of the things to pay attention to? And what are the, some of the things that when someone says that, you ignore them or you laugh at them and you <laughs> yeah. point at them? So, Probably the latter. <laughs> right. Some of the do's. I guess we can just split this up in do's and don'ts. Some of the do's in SEO, pretty straightforward. Have good content that people mm-hmm. want to read. You know, I think we talk about this a lot. Content marketing is huge. It's, right. Give people information. Teach them about how to use your product, why your products are so great. Have all that kind of good information out there. Well, people, good information is important too. I mean, not just from an experience standpoint, but... Google and other search engines now are taking into account engagement metrics when they're ranking you. So having good content to engage your visitors, spend longer time on your site, lower bounce, things like that actually do make an SEO impact because search engines for a while now have been using those sorts of metrics to understand if you have a good site or not. Yeah, I was actually reading an article the other day about how Google is now going to be starting, how are they going to start implementing using Google Pluses on mm-hmm. certain web pages to help influence rankings. And so that's another thing. Having that good content automatically gets you some of those Google Pluses. People start wanting to share your information and ultimately in the end that might start helping you rank better just from the social interaction you have. Other things to pay attention to is having a simply like well laid out web website that has a nice hierarchical hierarchical structure i'm mm-hmm. gonna murder that word it's pretty close pretty uh close. but you know like categories drinks in right categories that are straightforward trees that make mm-hmm. sense you know for instance if you're in amazon books down to fiction down to specific kinds of fiction books mm-hmm. i mean things that make sense like that allow search engine bots to more readily spider all of your content right. and give not get hung up right and get give proper priority and weight to mm-hmm. certain pages on your site. If you have a very flat site where everything's just on the same level, it's hard for it to understand, you know, what takes priority right and where to put people at exactly. As well. well, and I think that something that kind of gets overlooked in the SEO world is just general usability. And I think not only is that from the spider standpoint of your hierarchical layout, but also. It helps users as they come in to better understand your site, where they need to go, and again, help you on those engagement metrics that search engines are now using and have for a while to be able to give you kind of a quality score of your site. You know, do we see a lot of people that we send to the site come right back to our search results or don't really spend that much time on the site and come back to us? Having good usability helps you not only with the spiders, but your users as well and and understanding your content and how to interact well with your site. 
Okay, and so surprisingly enough, that about wraps up the dues for SEO. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of technical things that could be looked at with websites. There are a lot of things that could hang up SEO. Yeah, one one I think that bears in mentioning because Google in recent has talked a lot about it is site speed. I think that not just from a user standpoint, you should invest a lot of effort into making your website as quick as possible. So what are some quick tips there? Look at how you're caching on your website, how you can essentially pre-build your pages so when someone comes onto your site, it's already built for them, so the server has to do less work. Also, if you're a big enough site or you can afford it, Maybe look at things like CDN Network to deliver your content or your images. Again, Google in particular, but Bing is is starting to go down this road as well. Site speed is becoming increasingly important to them. In fact, Google, I think it was two or three weeks ago, had a specific mention in one of their blog posts that a big performance indicator and SEO ranking addition to their algorithm is going to be site speed on mobile sites in particular. So they're paying a lot of attention to that. So from a technical side of things, other than making sure your tags are looking right, your authorship tags, how your code is laid out in a clean and neat way, spend the time on optimizing for speed because it's not only going to help your users not having to sit around twiddle their thumbs while your site loads, but search engines are paying much more attention to that, and you're going to reap some benefits on multiple levels. Yeah, I think I think we could actually maybe have another segment where we talk about some of the more technical things, sure. because uh, I've been reading a lot more, too, about Google's mobile implementations mm-hmm. and looking at penalizing people who don't have proper mobile websites or that try to redirect you over to an app instead mm-hmm. of actually taking you where they're supposed to take you, things like that. So maybe, maybe we'll have in the future okay. a, a little bit more technical. A tech corner. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. tech corner. Rob's okay. tech corner. Um, so... Real quickly before we run out of time here, let's some do some. Don'ts. Let's run some through some don'ts. So don't buy links. Okay, I know this is something that a lot of people. It's, it's something like buying likes on Facebook or buying uh, follows on Twitter. Don't do that. That'll get you in a lot of trouble. It's gotten me in a lot of trouble. <laughs> Trust me. Learn Trust from me. Rob's heartaches. <laughs> learn. Yeah, learn from my mistakes of the past three years mm-hmm. or more um, dealing with Google and buying links. Don't mm-hmm. do it. It's not worth it. You get slapped. Um, another thing: be very careful when you hire SEOs. Anyone who's going to promise you a top, you know, top page ranking for terms like travel packages or, (laughs) you know, buy a car, that's not going to happen. Anyone who can guarantee that kind of stuff, you need to stay far away, especially if they're only going to charge you $500 a month or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think what it boils down to for, I guess, a sniff test for SEO is being able to understand realistic expectations. You know, like I was talking to a guy earlier this week who's a local accountant here, we live in a pretty big metro area. And he was like, you know, what can I do in the next couple months to be ranked number one for CPA in Jacksonville? It's like, you have a brand new site, you have no domain age, you have no links. I'm sure you can find an SEO person that will promise you that. The route they would take to maybe get you ranked number one for a week or so before your site gets burned is going to be a short-term one at that, and then you're going to be left out to dry because your domain has been burned by most search engines. So, you know, understanding where you're at in the marketplace, the time it can take to build an SEO presence, and maybe your goal isn't shouldn't be number one. Maybe it's to get on the front page or, you know, second page, or we're going to go after very long-tailed keywords and rank well for them. But understanding... That SEO is a competitive place. It takes a lot of time and effort to do well. And depending on your 
vertical that you work in. So having realistic expectations, I think, will help you be able to determine a good partner or a good strategy to go after. Yeah, absolutely. And in, and in your specific example, I think there are tons out there like that. I mean, that guy thinks that CPA is a valuable term to rank for. Well, so does everyone else. Everyone else has already been trying to rank for that for five years. It's mm-hmm. not like some new thing that anyone's going to come up with. Any mm-hmm. term that's worth ranking for is going to be hard to rank for, and that's just how it is. I don't know. So maybe we'll do it. We'll do a SEO tech corner some other time. Okay. But I think I think we're out of time for tonight yeah. on that. All right. So this has been episode number sixteen of the Beard Marketers. Give us a call nine zero four two seven zero nine six zero three. What were your thoughts on the episode? What do you want us to cover? Do you want us to go more in depth on SEO? Some tips and tricks on how to pursue that? What to, things to avoid? We're probably going to do a technical corner. But what else would you like to know on that? Or anything else? Scarcity, planning marketing for the holidays. What are your struggle points with the holidays? Location services. How do I even start with that? Let us know. Also, quick note, if you like the show, drop us a like rating or a review on iTunes or share with a friend. All of that helps, but we'd really appreciate any reviews, getting some good feedback so far. So keep it coming. Also, we got a new site that's going to be launching here in the next two weeks or so. We got some really exciting stuff that we are pretty pumped that we're going to be releasing. So stay tuned to the Beard Marketers. We're also going to be opening it up for you, the listeners, to submit some information for us to look at and deliver some pretty good content. So keep an eye out for that. But as always, this is Rob and Corey. It was a pleasure talking to you this week. And we will talk to you in the next episode. This has been the Beard Marketers. 